probably another level or dorkmanship that I live in. Probably yeah. a little bit above five feet. Well, I mean, to be fair, she's she's known me two decades at least now, so, you know, she she gets a little leeway with that. A little bit of leeway, yeah. When people know you, they, 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 they are allowed to do and say whatever they want because they know what pricks and prize you. I have my friends that do that. They know me. <laughs> Well, it keeps me grounded. Don't want to get over. Don't want to get an overinflated ego because then she'll just call me out on it from time to time. So you know, as Buddha says, Buddha. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, it's all the fun as always. It's Tuesday night, Scuba it and the ride. Tuesday, and I decided to bust out my Taco Tuesday shirt. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Oh. So. See, I had I. We did we did homemade fried chicken and fr- and, and French fries. So. Hey, that works. You can put chicken in tacos. Um, yeah, that's true. It's been a while since I had street tacos. Maybe I'll do that. Sometime. Let's go do it. <laughs> let's hey, do some street hey, tacos. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do it. Cashing in some Mexican joints. Oh man, I'm always up for Mexican food. Still gotta take you to that new one that I went to. I oh really? The one that I went with my parents. Oh, okay. By, uh, you know, over by the Kroger Marketplace in Battlefield. Ah, I got you. I got you. Alrighty, well, before we get too further in here, before we get really derailed, like we always get derailed, because, you know, that never happens. Yes, it never uh, happens, people. A couple of quick shout-outs and announcements. Uh, first one, of course, is a big shout-out and a thank you to Sirenscape for the thank background you. music and soundboards that we will be listening to. So uh, go to Sirenscape.com, check out their uh, online player, as well as the uh, downloadable player, and check out all the great soundboards and whatnot you can use. Make your tabletop game all the more immersive and really kind of rock those spells and those sword fights. Or hang out in the tavern with a little more ambiance like we're doing tonight. Hanging uh, out. Yeah. Uh, next, of course, is a thank you and a shout out to the community. We've already had some community notifications. Uh, Zip, thank you for the 500 bits. Shadster, thank you for the three-month sub. Sakura, thank you for the three-month sub. You guys are awesome and amazing. And everyone else who follows, subscribes, cheers bits, all those wonderful things, picks up the merch in the merch store, which there's a new item, phone cases. <laughs> that just came out. So yeah, still working on uh, setting up a different thing for t-shirts, but hey, we're getting there. In a little bit. But yeah, all of your support is great and awesome and amazing. Without y'all, we can uh, continue to do this. So please continue to share, subscribe, follow all the things. And because of that, uh, that leads into my next one, which is some plugs for some of our other uh, scheduled shows. We have Twilight's Gleaming, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. That is, uh, get your coffee and watch a, a bunch of us play D&D. Uh, it's been quite fun. We'll talk a little bit about last week's episode when we get to State of Game. Uh, then at 8 p.m. Saturday night, in case you're not out for the, uh, the bar scene or the club or whatnot, we have Challenge Accepted. Uh, which is another uh, D&D stream. Sensing a theme here. Yes. And uh, this weekend, Sunday, as we start October, and as promised, we have a new show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern, and we're calling it Sunday with Scoob. Grab your coffee, we'll play some games, and we're going to unpack and talk about all the things. That'll probably be a deeper dive behind the screen all the things D&D while we sit and play some video games. I know I'm kind of itching to get back to Spearfair or I may want to finish out Call of Cthulhu, but 
Either way, it's coffee, conversation, and hanging out. So, full schedule going on, and of course, we always do more things. There's more, there's more interest and more support. The more further we grow, the more things we can do. So, yeah, all the things. So, it's been a week. Ryan, what you been up to? Uh, I've been a busy one-hand work, learning new things at work, because I'm moving to a new team, so lots of training ahead for me. And then Oh, congratulations the on the lateral move, my friend. Yeah, it's a good lateral move. It's expanding my role as a trainer. So okay. More things to come. And then nice. on the other hand, I'm heavy duty with grad school. Lots of reading, lots of writing, lots of doing, you know, what is that about? But in more sorrowful, like, did I do the right thing? But I did do the right thing. It's just heaviness on one side, another heaviness on the other side. But I still managed to have a little bit of fun here and there. Um, just kind of relaxing at home. Nothing, uh, not with the uh, Ghost of Tsushima done. I'm trying to sneak in something between now and um, the drop of Cyberpunk. So I might go back to some older games. I'll uh, talk about that later. How long before Cyberpunk drops? Cyberpunk drops, I don't know the definitive date, but it's at the end of November. Okay, so, so you need a game that you can play for two months and have no problem dropping for the next two years. Yes. So well, there's Days two... Gone is definitely not that game. Mm-mm, it, and I could probably beat that in a... It wouldn't take me two months, but yeah. But uh, there's a couple other games, plus I have Game Pass, so, you know... That is what you, what you said uh, before the show, rabbit uh, hole of its own. Oh yeah, yeah, total rabbit hole. <laughs> even even with the well, it is. We are coming on the e on the eve of October. Yes. So it feels good to finally be happy about October again, and kind of get into you know. There's all these Halloween themed games. You, some of them are aren't too long. I think a uh, game. I think a. Uh, Xbox announced that for games with gold this month, uh, the latter half of October is going to be the costume quest, uh, the original costume quest, which yeah. was a nice little RPG kind of kind of dealio. Yeah, I did see that, so uh, that definitely is uh, that's definitely on the mind. I'll find something. I always do. Um, if not, uh, sneak in more shows to watch on the various streaming platforms I have. Um, but other than that, a lot of um, did go back out first landing hiking. Because I've been enjoying going out there. That's like my escape. Anytime I go running, hiking, it's, that's my uh, my zen moments. Feel and, a bit jelly on that. Oh, yeah. And then I just decided, uh, screw it. I, I got a membership at Planet Fitness because I'm tired of waiting for the rain to go away. So it's like I can't skip any more days. I'm just going to go. Well, didn't, you, didn't we used to do that at the rec, one of the rec centers nearby? You know, they had that upstairs indoor track. Oh, yeah. I will go back to the rec centers once um, they go back to normalcy when it comes to their workouts and scheduling. But till then, okay. Planet Fitness, because I can just show up, do my thing, and leave. Whereas the rec center, you have to schedule the hour, and then hopefully the equipment is available. So I Ooh. sided with the latter until you know normalcy comes back. But yeah, I would like to get back to the gym myself. Get back to going outside. Hey, if you ever want to join me at Platinum Fitness, I got the black card, so that means plus one. Hmm. May do that. There's one nearby. Yep. Fun, so we'll have to see about that. But other than that, nah. Um, been dreaming about ramen and wing, wings for some reason, so that probably will be eaten this week. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, let's see... Uh, anything else before I talk about all the craziness um, that's been in my world? 
Formhouse uh, second anniversary is this weekend. So I might check it out maybe for an hour or two. I don't know. Well, if we want to schedule that after 2 p.m. and before 6 p.m., I'm there. Because, you know, I got that morning show and then I got the evening show. A little pre-flight before the evening show might be such a bad idea. We'll talk. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with my players. <laughs> okay, that wasn't very convincing to me either. All right, fine. Forget it. We'll move on. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> all the busy, all the crazy, all yeah. the cool things. Um, let's see. Notable things. I got my Jeep back, finally. I did see that. I was like, woo! The Jeep is back. I now have a... I, I, I had AC, but it just wasn't very... The blower didn't work right because the motor burned out and the transistor burned out. Yeah. So those have been replaced. Uh, the rear brakes are done. The shifter cable's done. So tomorrow morning it's going to go in and get new shoes uh, put on. So it'd be fresh tires, everything. Now I can do the inspection thing. All the fun. Anyways, got the Jeep back. And when we got the Jeep back, and being a foodie, you'll appreciate this story. Oh, yes. I uh, went out for dinner. Uh, we went, got the Jeep. Uh, it was Saturday after we had finished. Uh, uh, Twilight's Gleaming actually hung out a little bit. Let the, the party wanted to strategize on what to do, which we'll get into. But afterwards, I was like, all right, I gotta go get the Jeep. Well, it got to be about that time. I really should eat something. And... In the morning, Saturday, decided to go out for biscuits and gravy. I don't know why. Yes, I do. But I'm, <laughs> I had the urge to go get some biscuits and gravy. I woke up. I looked at my phone. There was a comment about biscuits and gravy. I'm like, darn it. I need to have biscuits and gravy now. So we went out to Cracker Barrel. A um, couple of choices. Tried to figure out, okay, it's been a while. Actually went out. Uh, went, to, went and got biscuits and gravy. And... As usual, Cracker Barrel does not disappoint in how bad their food can be. So, pause. I don't know how to take that. It makes me go cringe, but it makes me want to go eat it anyway. So it's kind of like I'm. It's like counterintuitive. Well, <laughs> but I, I I appreciate the candor in that comment. I love it. Well, <laughs> and now I, I don't take this as saying the entire company is bad. That would be uh, stereotypical and insensitive. But what I can say is both of the Cracker Barrels that are in my local area that I've gone to um, have never failed in the fact that the food is never uh, worth the price. And it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, okay. I mean, Let's go. Oh, it, it's, a, it's a mid-range expense, don't yeah. get me wrong, but okay. The fact that they have the thick ceramic plates that they don't heat at all. So they're ice cold when they put hot food on. And I'm sorry, thermodynamics will tell you the heat, the stone will absorb the heat. So yeah. I got, you know, I went with, uh, I went with a, I went with a fry, uh, chicken fried steak and some biscuits and gravy. My wife went with me. She got uh, the hickory ham and scrambled eggs. Well, by the time the plate got to the table, the eggs were cold. I was like, sorry, I'm done at that point. I mean, they wrote her meal off, and it was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, all right. So when I went to the cashier, it was like, so how was it? Eh, it was about the usual. It sucks. <laughs> Every time, it just sucks. So it's like, and we were like, yeah, I'm good for not coming here for another couple of years, if not a decade or so. Maybe they'll figure it out. 
So uh, then, of course, we do our do our section and go and get the Jeep. Well, I, I, as we were driving out to get the Jeep, there's a billboard. And, you know, we always read the billboards. And this one said, for a new seafood place called Pier 88. And I was like, you know, it's been a while since I had seafood. And I don't count Captain D's or Long John Silver's as seafood. That's that is like not crap. seafood. You no, can buy that stuff in a grocery store, drop it in a deep fryer, you're good. It doesn't take any special talent. Yeah, don't, nah, no, that's not seafood. But uh, we were talking, we were thinking, like, uh, years ago when we first got the house, we were like, all right, let's go to Joe's Crab Shack to celebrate. And we went, and I didn't get what I wanted because the sticker shock of the prices was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, all right, didn't do that. So, But, you know, I'd like to try that again. Well, then we saw Pier 88. And they just opened, I mean this, just opened a location in Chesapeake that literally when we went on Saturday, they had been open three days. So you go in there, you still got the new car smell on the restaurant and all of that. So it's like, awesome. So I walk in the restaurant and I'm seeing this like wax paper put all over the tables. And I'm thinking, oh, that's pretty clever. All this extra hygiene stuff for COVID have disposable covers, you know, cut down on the cleaning. Oh, that's cool. And I sit there and then she's like, have you ever been to a place like this before? I said, nope. She goes, all right, let me tell you something. She shows me the menu and it's like they take bags of the food, the bag, they make you a bag of food and they boil it. Okay. And then they bring you out the bag and then you eat what's in the bag. Oh yeah, that 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 is a is it, that is something of a uh, a lot of restaurants around here are doing. I thought it was just such a cool idea of a concept. Yes. And so and the, the bags are about 27 to 30 dollars. Now, this is not an individual bag. This is enough to feed a couple of people. Uh, just about. So my wife and my daughter came and my daughter had, she was, she, she, we get there, they get there and it's like, all right, what do we, what are we going to get? My daughter's like, I want calamari. I had a craving for calamari. I want calamari. Nothing wrong. I was like, well, you know, calamari can be kind of expensive as an appetizer or whatever. Then the waitress says, uh, you know, we have a kid's meal that's fries and calamari for five bucks. Sold. Get it. <laughs> Done. We're good. There you have it. Um, and then we were talking about what bag we were going to get and got the bag that had the snow crab and the sausage and the mussel and, and a couple other things and shrimp and a hard boiled egg and some. That's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty hefty bag right there. So it was like, all right, getting that. And it was like, okay. And we decided to throw in a half a pound of black mussels because Marie had never had black mussels, so she wanted to try them. So, all right, let's do that. You get this bag, and I, literally, it's a plate. They put the bag on it, and it's like, all right. And the waitress like, here, let me bring you a bucket. Bucket. Brings over this little metal bucket, sets it down there. It's got the candy wipes, gloves you can put on your hands if you want, nap, uh, bibs, all this stuff. And but it's literally, and it's that's your trash can. So. You open the bag and you just dive right in. It's the messiest meal I've ever had since I was a little kid. Um, but it was just, you just, um, 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 um. Yeah. <laughs> we tore through all of it and I got up and I, I got up and I felt full. I mean, full to the point I wanted to go home take a nap. Yeah, that's, full. Uh, that's and I was like, thing. I got the food for the, all three of us, drinks, the whole thing, plus tip, spent about 50 bucks. 
That's actually a good price for a family. Oh, yeah, it's a great price because I was telling my friends on Sunday, it's like, yeah, you, 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 you do this and it's like, great, but it's like 50 bucks. Where if I go to Chili's and order food for the whole family, it's like, oh, 100 bucks, easy, done. Here it was like, and, and you never really feel full afterwards. This one, it's like, I felt full. So it was like, except for the thing, I'm going to go back there again. And I figured I'd tell you being the foodie, because as I say, when you're, make, when you're making friends, you want to find friends that are foodies. Because <laughs> foodies will tell you the great places to eat. That's another one to slot in my Rolodex of restaurants. Where is this place located? Um, it's over off of, uh, if you're local to Chesapeake, the Hampton Roads area, you'll know this. Uh, it is over uh, off of Battlefield Boulevard near uh, the Sam's Club and the Walmart. There's a, at the end of the shopping center, there's like a wing a little hole in the wall uh wings joint yeah I know wing that. king or something like yeah. that this one's a few shops down i mean and the last thing was is we were looking around and we started to see writing on the walls and i said well what's up with that she goes oh yeah here hands me markers and says hey if you have an instagram or a facebook or whatever go ahead and write it on the wall we just ask you don't write here or here and i was like done scuba studio tag <laughs> <laughs> you have been solidified Oh yeah, that 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 I, I definitely gotta try that place because I want to see what it compares to. I don't know if you were looking at the chat. Um, there's another place off Indian River uh, called the Shaking Crab, which does the identical thing that it does there. Oh. And then there's another one over by Linhaven called the Twisted Crab that does the same thing. And then another one off Holland that does the same thing. So they're starting to pop up like uh, boba tea places around here. So. Uh, that probably wouldn't be hurt to check out. I don't venture into Virginia Beach all that much anymore. Oh, yeah. I definitely, um, I'm down to checking out both. We can do it. Do yeah. one Saturday, do one Sunday. Boom. New segment, Foods with Scoobs. I don't go out to eat all that often, but you tell me what, the more support you guys give me for this channel, the more food I'll go, the more places I'll go and check out. So, because, uh -huh. you know, we're, we're trying to build a relationship. You're it's just, I'll tell you what's going on in my world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, did that. That was that was the cool food thing. Of course, as always, a lot of people know I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I oh, had really? I had three <laughs> sessions last week. Not on my normal schedule. These are one of them. I was there as kind of a tech help, uh, and because I share, I was sharing my share, uh, helping helping other people with uh, like roll twenty because I'm getting familiar with roll twenty. The other two I was running and it was interesting uh i'm not going to deep dive into it too much but uh the next session is tomorrow night and i have been planning and coordinating and preparing for tomorrow night's battle and then i have another session thursday morning right after so it's like yeah it's going to be a busy couple of days because we're doing uh, this this big like nine episode nine uh, session arc uh, for this kind of storyline. It's really cool and fascinating. There's a lot of uh, good reveals and stuff. Uh, so did that, and then I had my friends over on Sunday for their start into descent into Avernus, and that instead of being an a, a session one, it turned into a session zero, and. So I'll get into more of that, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of chill, kind of relaxed uh, for the most part. Other than the, you know the big thing with the jeep and the and the restaurant thing. So 
I'm trying to get more of an active life. I just need to get outside more. I don't go outside that often. So, but. We can, right. we can change that. Yes, well, we do. I can definitely change that. Well, <laughs> I, it's, I'm, I'm glad October is coming because, you know, for years I hated October. I hated all holidays. I, I still hate most. I, I still hate most holidays. Yeah. Uh, but October is kind of fun, especially the more d and I'm getting into, where it's like, okay, this could be a... I don't know what I'm going to do on Saturday for the 31st, because I know I have a couple of games. Yeah. And I don't think my player is going to be like, no, we don't want to play. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> kind of like, challenge accepted is thinking about dressing up, and I'm like, I haven't bought a costume or put together a costume in decades. I can find one. I'm not even going into your costume, buddy. I have everything from a Victorian gown to vampire magician, so... Well, uh, yeah, it looks like we're definitely going full schedule that week. <laughs> so, alright, well, I'm, I'm rambled on enough about how boring my life is. Let's uh, get to some reviews, shall we? Let's go and discuss. Talk about. Rambling. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Anola Holmes! This is a new film that was uh, released on Netflix uh, last week. Yes, sir. Um, this is a kind of a interesting telling uh, in the Sherlock Holmes kind of mythos uh, with, uh, I can't remember her name right now, Miley Bobby Brown or Miley something Bobby like that. Miley Bobby Brown. Yeah, she, uh, she's the lead character on this. Harvey Cavell is in there as a cameo and a guest or a supporting star, but this is such a riot of a movie i had so much fun watching this but before we i gush on it too much more rye why don't you give us your official review from ryereviews.com if you want to check it out or some of the other things which i'll plug again at the end of the segment so take it away rye all right enola holmes a new netflix original film which actually uh makes a twist instead of focusing on our favorite detective from baker street it focuses on his sister centralizes on Enola Holmes who is um, living at home with her mother and then on her 16th birthday she just disappears vanishes where'd she go I don't know but now that that sets off her on a quest that takes her into parts unknown where she all has to figure out um, the wider world and all the different political strife as well as try to figure out where her mother is and that is the central focus of this film um, the great thing about this movie is that what I liked about it is that it had strong characters. It had a, a strong centralized theme around adolescent growth and familiar relationships. And the best part about it is the lead actress. Um, Millie Bobby Brown as Enola Holmes is such a charm and witty um, like to see on screen. She does a great job in combining charisma the innocence of a youngster teenager but at the same time um, breaking the fourth wall which she does quite a few times in this film to give insight into not only herself but into her new experiences as she goes from her home to London and gets sucked into this like wider mystery of politics and strength. Um, as she tries to solve multiple different mysteries the disappearance of her mom and this new mystery that she gets dragged in uh, by uh, a boy that she meets on the train heading into London, she has to put her smarts to the test and has to deal with those two mysteries and her brother's trying to find her. 
So it does a good job in like layering different mysteries and concepts in the film. Um, at times, it does uh, go too far into excessive filler with the side stories, but it never takes away from what the strength of this movie is, and it's his characters. Nola Holmes, uh, Adroia Holmes, played by H Helen Bonham Carter, who's the mother. Um, like Scuba said, Henry Cavill plays Sherlock, and Minecraft is played by Sam Kaplan. And they never take away the screen from Millie Bobby Brown, and they do a great job in complimenting her throughout the film. But also at the same time, you see that strong familiar relationship between, uh, especially between Sherlock and. So, once the film gets into the latter half, it does follow fall into the typical beats that you would find in a detective mystery drama, and there's a little bit of tension, but you kind of know what's going to happen, and it wraps up everything very neatly and nicely. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing because it gives you a, a joyous. Um, explanation point on the journey but also leaves room for more stories to come because she is just coming of age hint hint the genre and she's exploring new things on her own take it away scuba um like i said i really enjoyed this movie i watched it uh sunday night uh my daughter had already watched it and so when i got done and shut everything down just to take a break from the computer i went in there to watch it and I was like, all right, we're going to, it's like, I'm going to watch this movie now. And she's like, what are you going to watch? Enola? Great. And then she sits there and she's like, spoiler, there's a cliffhanger at the end. I'm like, really? So I get to the end. I'm like, That's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> I wanted to see what happens. We well, should have to watch the next one or read the book. There's a book. Yes. There's a <laughs> so I had to rewind it to the point it said, based on X, X book or whatever the book is about Enola Holmes that she goes, oh, <laughs> kids today, kids, ah, thank you, yeah, but, kids uh, these days, they just don't know, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it, I love, I mean, it doesn't have a lot of the, it doesn't have a lot of the Victorian speech that you would think for a period piece, but I like the whole uh, concept of like the teen detective type thing because I grew up watching uh, reading Party Boys and of course we're familiar with the Natch Drew stuff they did or or some of the things they are Harriet the Spy or Encyclopedia Brown this is a great thing in that whole genre of teen detectives and kind of that I love the whole bit I love how it's again the deduction and, and the logic and everything oh. it's really such a great story it's so much of, and the, the backdrop that's going on at the same time the story is going on is really kind of fascinating but it's just felt a lot of fun and the whole fourth wall bits in the movie are just a riot oh yeah they're they're great they they, they are done precisely at the right time well they, it, to me i think that's the timing that you get from because before when they would do fourth wall breaks they would be very kind of hit miss until the merc with a map <laughs> then fourth wall really became enjoyable yes and i think you if you if you're i think if you watch movies that had a fourth wall break prior to deadpool and then watch a film like this you'll see the influence as far as the timing for the fourth wall breaks and this girl is a talent i am just can't wait to see what further things she's done because I think I was researching this stuff for tonight and I saw I was re-watching a clip of Godzilla King of Monsters and she has such a different 
uh, character she's playing in that one. And of course, you know, we are all introduced to her as Eleven from Stranger Things. So she's she's going to be very interesting to see as she gets into the post-20s and into her 30s and more of these various roles that she uh, winds herself in. It'll be really a, kind of a joy to watch how that career is going to continue to progress. But oh, yeah. she, I love she, the film. Yeah. Great film. I think it's just such a treat to watch and i really would like to, this is one of those ones i'd like to see him do a sequel but hopefully they don't fall under the curse of sequels oh yeah <laughs> but i think i think there's enough room to where they can tell sequels where it's not going to get too because they wrap up this it's like a chapter like here's one and then it's the next one yeah so I'd like to see how some of those loose threads with her and uh, Sherlock get wrapped up. That's the one thing I want to see. Now, if you, have, if you haven't watched it, go watch it, and then you'll get why the, where we're referring to. If you have watched it, you'll know what we're referring to because it's great. It is a very good movie. So, what's your rating, Scoob? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a solid 4.5 out of five. I would totally go watch this at Prime Watching in a theater if it was in the theater. What about you, my friend? Uh, I had a very fun experience. The journey was great. The characters were strong, even with some slight, you know, familiarity with detective stories. It never takes away. It never takes away from the enjoyment. So, I'd say uh, four out of five full price. This would be worth going to see at the theaters. Awesome. And if they do put it on the theaters, I might go check it out. <laughs> what about you i saw a few people in the chat um most of y'all said uh, you agreed you loved it so yeah. good night harley girl hope good you uh, have a good day at work yeah. Give the, tell the fam i said hi yeah it's right in a uh, 96 on rotten tomatoes so See, I mean, that's it, it's hard to find because everybody gets so wrapped up in let's have these big stories or these epic moments. And this one is just it's it's just clean. It, it's 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 the same kind of feeling. Um, I know this is apples to orange comparison, but to when we watched The Vast of Night, you know, just a simple story, but it was just great. Well, even more so if you take uh, Sherlock Holmes. The, the two new iterations of Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., right? Yeah. Look at the way they depict London in those two films, right? The two Sherlock Holmes with him. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Now look at how they depict uh, London in a novel. You get a different uh, take of London. Yes, it is still uh, seedy and it's got some shady stuff going on, but overall, though. It doesn't. It, it, it's just a. It's just a more of a pleasant enjoyment. Both films are great to watch. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is like the fact that we're focusing on a teen and her story, and there, even though they do add some elements of some of the shadiness that goes that was in London at that time, as what we saw with the when we were focusing on all the adults in the story. Oh yeah. But I, overall, I still think it's 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 great great enjoy. Yeah. Check it out, people. It's on Netflix. So, we got some, got the reviews. Um, do you want to talk about that anime you finished real quick, or do we want to save that for when you have a chance to do a write-up? 
Oh, well, it's a TV series, so I don't write them up. Remember, it's Scuba exclusive. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a podcast exclusive yes. when Rye reviews a TV so, show. Speaking of Netflix, this is another Netflix original. Um, it is an anime, and it's called uh, Great Pretender. And it's an anime that pretty much uh, is a TV series that focuses on uh, con artists. And it focuses on how these con artists work through different scenarios and they're not just conning just any random people they're conning really bad people and they want to take them down um the main cast what what i liked about this uh, series is that it combines the the candidness that you would find in an anime like cowboy bebop but against a very colorful palette design so it's very pastel in the way it depicts the characters the areas that they go in they go to los angeles they go um to singapore and they go to london uh that's the first three places they've gone so far and the great thing that they do in this anime they break it up in cases so each sections of the episodes is a case so they're working through cases and you watch them set up these cons as they get bigger and and, and bigger and what's great is that the characters have true depth and they're very subtle in their depth but what it is is that each character is very unique in how their backstory gets revealed so um they slowly get revealed in each of the sections and as you watch uh the characters evolve they call one of the characters the main character is called Edamira Mikado, but they call him nickname Edamame because they steal him from Japan. It's kind of funny. Um, but you watch as they interact, they all kind of hate each other, but they all kind of have to work with each other, so they're kind of like, um, um, hateful eight kind of thing. And they're very, um, they dance the line of being bad people, but when you watch their backstories get uh, get revealed, you understand why they are the way they are. They're very, you know, callous and crude, but it's a it's a very, like, anti-hero kind of style crude. That's the only word I can use without going into derogatory terms. Um, so That's fair. That We are a family-friendly um, yes. show as, be- as best as we yeah. can. And uh, Chili, that is a Netflix show. Yeah. The Great Pretender. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And just overall, um, the series isn't finished. They released the majority of it in Netflix America, but in Netflix Japan, they have all the series out there. So it's on Netflix Japan and Fuji TV over there. So hopefully they'll release the next section at some point. But overall, it's a fun experience. If you like uh, uh, gritty animes that, that... are no holes barred, but they add in the, the witty dialogue and charm of, you know, a colorful palette. This is one for you. Definitely for fans of Cowboy Bebop. But no rating yet, because it's not finished. Um, I guess we can take a few minutes also. Uh, are you up to date on The Boys? Yes, I am. I am as well. So, yeah, The Boys is nuts. Last week's episode was nuts. Can't wait to watch next week. Oh my goodness, not to spoil anything, but each episode I get more fearful of what Homelander is going to do. Yeah, because you can definitely tell he is starting to come on in. He is, um, anybody that's watching the boys, uh, 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 Amazon Prime original, very great show. Um, Homelander is cracking. And, uh, what is her name? Stormfront? Stormfront. Uh, I, I hated her originally, but now just seeing how sinister she is, I kind of like it because she is like screwing a lot of things. Well, I'm 
yeah, can't talk spoilers. We'll have to do, we'll have to do, we'll have to do a month more if we do a spoiler cast kind of deal on that. Yeah, yeah. But, <clears throat> but uh, I'm liking it. I'm trying to keep up to date with it. Yeah, drops uh, every Friday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think this uh, the season so far has been slightly better than the first season because you get to go knee deep in the characters more. Yeah. Than this. Yeah, I was in the bringing, introducing limelight, lamplight, introducing some of the other stuff going on. All oh, the, the oh, Church of Collective, that is a scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm it. wondering what that is going to be, and the fact that we know there's a season three. I feel like just because I, I, I you know, I'm, I write stories, I feel like they're going to be the wild card. They're going to cause. I think everything that's happening might be a red herring to what what the church might be doing. I think the church is definitely up to something, but I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually more interested in bot. May May's like, where's the where's the spoiler finger? Do we do you want to spoil something? No, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, we'll do that later. Anything. It shows not. But I want to see I I, I want to see what more with bot. To be honest, I have liked. I like Carlos Esposito. He makes a great villain. I really want to see more of him, and I want to see how all of that's going to end up dialing out together. But more to come. Yep, more to come. More to come. So, yeah, we may do a spoiler cast on uh, on on Boys uh, season two. Is get later. Is season two is supposed to be. Do you know? Does anybody know? Is it supposed to be? I think the sixth eight? one just dropped. I think we're on episode six. Yeah, it, and yeah, I think it's six. Uh, I don't know if it's eight or ten. I know the first season was eight episodes. So. Well, I think we still have a few more because they're gonna have to do some. But even so, the fact that, from what it sounds, I think there was a comment that Jensen Eccles was coming in to play Soldier Boy, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, yeah, that's what I that heard. dude is funny. I loved him in Dark Angel, and he's great in Supernatural. So. Yeah, it's supposed to be eight episodes, so there's two more left. And the title, just a, just a, the next titles of the next episode is Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker for episode seven, and then episode eight, What I Know. After the season ends, we'll talk about it, and we'll make sure we put up in the title, spoiler, because we're just going to go off. We'll go up on that cat. No, no, we're just gonna put it in the tag. This be like, we're gonna warn you. We warned you. Now we're just gonna go. Like so, for the if you're not up to date, get up to date, or be hat, or hey, we'll we'll do that. So when the season ends, we'll spoil it. We'll 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 talk deep dive on that. Deep dive. Uh, the only other TV I've been watching is rewatching the old Iron Man cartoon that Nickelodeon did a few years back. But between uh, the time the first Iron Man came out and the second Iron Man came out, it was like an all CG animated cartoon. Oh yeah, I remember that show. I didn't watch it, but I know we. I love the intro about. song. That's, that was great. I love it. It was like teenage teenager uh, Tony and all that other stuff. Anyways, yeah. Um, started watching that Hillary Swank show on Netflix called Away. First two episodes were uh, space mission to Mars. I'll let you know what I think about it when I'm done. Look forward to. Alrighty, so next up is our State of Game segment. State of Game. We gotta get little jingles again. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Anyways. All the... anyway, yeah. State of Game, where we talk about the various games we're involved in and uh, what 
what we've been playing. Honestly, Ron and I don't have any video game stuff to talk no, about this week, so we're not even going to bother. Um, so the only thing I'm thinking of is three things. Uh, game Pass to find a game to play, go back to Red Dead 2, or Days Gone. One of those three. Oh, that reminds me. I totally skipped over this because I got caught up in the food. Um, my buddy Shadow Mains came Shadow by last week. And he brought over a graphics card for me. So I now have a 980 GPU in my uh, production box, uh, which has been really nice for video editing. DaVinci crashes a lot less often than it used to. And now I have, pro I have the minimum specs needed to sit there and play uh, some PC games. So Gaming them PCs. Yeah, got to get some PC stuff going out. And I want to watch that Lovecraft thing. I've been meaning to get to it, but I'm good. Anyways, state of game, D&D games. That's pretty much all I got. And I'll skim over some of the stuff. Uh, I can't really get into the community games too much because uh, I want to make sure it's cool that I deep dive those. Uh, but as far as um, what I've been playing on my own uh, content here, we have... Twilight's Gleaming, that was Saturday, and Challenge Accepted, that was Saturday night. Um, Twilight's Gleaming was uh, it was was kind of, a, again, a nice chill episode. We The party basically was uh, making the way back to the fortress in the Shadowfell. And while in the fortress, uh, starting to look through all the books. There was a little bit of danger, but they had prepared adequately. They're using a bunch of spell magic. It's going to take a couple days. The nice thing is it started actually dropping in hints to make use of the content we didn't get through in uh, the one shot and also introducing some new content from uh, Mordekainen's and whatnot for what lives in the Shadowfell. So we'll see how that goes. There was a pretty big reveal toward the end. If you hadn't checked it out, go check it out. Uh, it's here on Twitch as a BOD. I'm still working on the video edit and going to get that stuff out. It's having some issues with as far as video editing and time. So, but, um, I expect a few things to go live tomorrow, to be honest. Um, yeah, all the goodies, all the goodies, all the spell books, all the history, all the stuff. Um, so it was kind of chill. I think uh, part of that is I'll be is is we'll probably see some we may see some combat next week. We may see some uh, interest some some things get dropped. They have a strategy for how to secure the fortress, and we'll see how that works. Um, Saturday night though, that was something. Huh? It was something. We know these the, the the party has gone to the city to try and find some object, some item that only surfaces every few years. They witnessed the first murder, and or the result of the first murder, and then they were starting to track down the second. And it was one of those okay, they wanted to go investigate, so it was like all right, we'll go to the market and investigate. Um, and at that night, it was like okay, what are you gonna do? decided to stay inside for the night okay and because they they didn't want to go out and try to catch the murder in the act they wanted to stay inside which okay uh yeah i've got players in the chat i gotta be careful what i say um so just rolled with it 
and a couple of them played a game of chess. So it was uh, in, in intelligence checks around to see if uh, they could who would win the game of chess. And then the next murder happened, and they went and have spoken to the uh, inspector, and now they're going to have an area that they're going to patrol. So we'll see if next session they get a little further. Um, I think we shifted over to a three-hour format for Challenge Accepted, which I think uh, allows for more story, and it's more in line with most other D&D uh, streams. So it should be fun there. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, one of my players had to bow out because real life issues had had come up, and with as with everything, real life takes priority over everything else. So hopefully, she will be back once everything settles down. And so, but uh, should be should be fun. I'm not sure if I want to bring in a couple more casts to finish out the season. I have to see how these guys go. Uh, they did level up, so now they're level two. So we'll see how that works. Right. Saturn Net was one of those things where players are players, and sometimes players go off script. And by off script, it's. The module is expecting players will do X, Y, and Z, and they decide to do A, B, and C. Yeah. So you kind of have to adjust, and the trick is adjusting in a way that the players don't realize that you're adjusting. And that was one of those kind of moments, la moments last night, or Saturday night. But it was fun. I mean, the party had a great time. You know, a lot of laughs. Got to do a nice pulp culture, culture reference. <laughs> that was a clip of it, too. I think it was... Uh, this, I, I really should grab clips. If, if you guys are watching the D&D streams and find really great clips of our shows, you should totally clip it. I'll try to remember to play a few of them uh, going forward on the, on the podcast. Because some of the... Like, this one, it was... Uh, we had our big Minotaur guy had gone to bed and then we had the tabaxi hanging out playing chess with uh with uh the uh, with uh the paladin and the tabaxi won the chess game and then they hear the mer then they hear the whistles that something had happened outside so it was all right the tabaxi go wake up the minotaur and of course the minotaur sound asleep he's not hearing anything so what did i do i went i did the, i did the sheldon i did the Carlos. I mean, it was just one of those. It's, I couldn't resist doing that because it was perfect setup. <laughs> hey, that works. Oh, Kimitar did clip it. Great. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Chili. Yeah. So loads of fun, loads of fun there uh, to see those things. Um, and then I had a home game Sunday night. And this is the one where we went from a session one to a session zero. And everybody had a good time, but I think I need to be real on the fact that it was one of those sessions where I took my history with the players and used it against them as characters. <laughs> I'm sure this can happen when you have a group that's been running and playing together for years and years and years. And all of these guys have been playing D&D for years and years and years. I mean, me and one of the guys, we were both playing 
back in the 90s uh, with another friend of ours and run through all the second edition stuff and it was like one or two or two of us at a time lots of stuff well these guys tend to be a little crazy and zany and awkward <laughs> and i have been a dungeon master for them i have been a player with them so it was one of those the adventure starts and they had this whole backstory they wanted to implement so it's all right you guys do it now on my side i didn't have a chance to really review the sheets prior to playing so i didn't really know and they hadn't really spent a lot of time talking about where their how their group formed who was doing what um even though they had like a month to work this out it happens <laughs> and it was typical let's be trolls let's be smart alec let's be jerks let's you know let's kind of do this and sometimes it's like and I kind of was in a mood of it's like, you know what? I actually want to play and not babysit. Because sometimes I feel like babysitting. And this group at times, because they're just, they're, it's almost like you need super glue on your head to be doing this. <laughs> and so they get in there and they were sent to the tavern to talk to the spy. They were instead of going to the tavern and talking to the spy they went into another room saw a group of uh, a group of people playing a game on a table now for flavor because you know people talk and one of the guys that said oh they're playing a war game in there they got little miniatures and all of that it's like yeah that's what you're seeing big old eight foot mahogany table they're playing a war game on it one of the characters goes in and flips the table picks a fight and then he's like well I'm gonna jump onto the chandelier or the lantern to use it as and and and, and then use it to swing myself onto the table I'm thinking oil lanterns hanging from the ceiling you're a minotaur yep nothing can go wrong there <laughs> but uh it was essentially dragged it Set the set the tavern on fire, unreprehensible, and in the middle of the night, the party was assassinated because the person they were sent to talk to had powerful friends. They burned down the tavern, and the, the city guard is just, you're on our list now, um, all of that. And it was like, at the end, it was like, all right, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about this session. Let's talk about how this went. Tell me what you've been doing. Because it was something I heard once, and I started doing it with all of my sessions this last week. And that was I would ask my players at the end of the session, what was your favorite thing? What was your scariest thing? Or worst thing? Or add whatever I to be. And we went around the table and talked about it. And then it was like, all right, let's talk about how we play. And it got to the point, it's like, look, I, really, I love you guys to death, but there are times I'm just sick of your crap when we sit and play a game. And wanted to be like, all right, how do you want to play? Because we haven't had that conversation. There's the ways they usually play. And sometimes that's very frustrating. Yeah, from what I've heard before. So it's like, how do you want to do this? So we, we 
sat, we talked, and then it was like that. And it was like, well, but, I mean, this kind of story we've done before, we just wanted to have a little fun with it. And it's like, it's fine to have fun with. But there's a, there, what was the comment I said? It's like, you like to get into the rule and bend it as far as it'll go till you start to hear it crack. And then you ease off. But you keep it at that bend, bending point. And it's like, creativity-wise, that's cool. But none of you have done the story. You wanted to do the story. Let's do the story, but let's try not to be raging jerks about it. Oh, there's the clip. It's right there in the chat. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um... But that's kind of how that went. I've took that as also a good learning point for me because it's like I've had a bunch of varying types of sessions yeah. of, of late. And it was that all of these other ones I've had so much fun with and so much of a, okay, how uh, telling the story and, and, and the different level of investment. Now, I know these guys are committed to play. We do this like clockwork. Every two weeks, everybody can get together. We do this. And everybody's been playing for two or three decades at this point. And it, or definitely, definitely two decades at this point. And it was like, all right, can we take this a little more seriously and play and tell a story? Or is it, let's just see how many shenanigans we can get into before somebody flips the table and says, I'm done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's, uh, you know. Stay steady. It's all right to be playful, but stay steady. I would guess. I agree, and it, it's one of those things. It's like they were play, they were being playful, but there were sometimes it was just like really let's because I know you're going to be a jerk, so I'm going to be a jerk back. Now I probably should have given them the benefit of the doubt. That's my fault. But they also all agreed that maybe they play the jerk card a little too often. And they all were at adamant at the beginning. It's like, it's like Steve. We know you play a lot of D and D. If you don't want to do this, we'll understand. Somebody else will do it. I'm like, that's true. But here's the reality of the situation. <laughs> this guy, he tends to railroad your character and tell your character to do things that you don't intend for your character. Another, uh, uh, or. You know, not to be Aaron Dirty Laundry, but it, it's there are elements to the other people who've done who've done the Dungeon Master role, and then there's a reason why, up until we finished Agents of Short, which took us, forcing us to sit down to finish it. <laughs> prior to that, we had the that group had not ever finished an adventure, except for the Curse of Strahd run I did when I first sat in the DM's chair with them. They had not finished an adventure. Now, some of that is time and everything else, but some of that's some other things. And I think as players and as Dungeon Masters or anything we do in these games, especially when we do them in a group for, for a decade plus, maybe there's something there you actually need to talk about. And this is cool because, and this ties into Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, which is set to come out in November. New source books got all these additional rules and stuff in it, all these things to add to the flavor of the game. And one of the things that's going to be in there is talking about a session zero and the importance of having a session zero. At the very least, it sets the table, sets the expectations, because there's nothing more frustrating than you want to go and you want to play a certain way. 
but there are people at the other table who want to play a different way. And you have to find a way to blend the two together or talk it out to see, okay, and find a way and, and then work it out. And sometimes we skip that if we've been playing together a long time. And it's it was actually very therapeutic and cathartic, I think, for all of us to sit there and have a serious conversation and have a serious rules uh, session zero. And everybody left happy. Everybody actually was really impressed that despite their shenanigans, I rolled with it and played it out. And they had fun, which to me at the end, good, bad, or indifferent, if my players had fun, my job is done. Yeah. It's a critical tagline. Yeah, it's always a good a good thing to always like come back to that 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 central starting point. Like, hey, we've been doing it for a long time. I think we just gotta like rehash this. Shine up the buff, buff up the chrome, make it look shiny, and try again. Well, even worse is also when you come in with a preconception of what the world is yeah. versus what it actually is. Now, we're doing Descent into Avernus. This is a nasty place to live. <laughs> and one of the guys admitted, I don't know anything about Baldur's Gate. I never played the games or anything else. That's fine. And then it was like some of the other things. But it's like, those are some things you might want to pre-game to sit there and, okay, what is Baldur's Gate? And then you can get into what does my character know about boulders? What do I as a player know about boulders? Why are they had this loose story thing? Not now, nothing to say these guys aren't creative. They have modeled every one of their characters after a different character from Street Fighter. Their classes, their names, their abilities, all of it's based on various characters from Street Fighter. That was where they took the inspiration. And they wanted to play it in a tie to Agents of Short, saying these were all the sidekicks who uh, didn't survive the agents. And then they went to Bald they decided to gather up as a group and go to Baldur's Gate. And all they gave me was we went and, ki and, and took out the faction of Agents of Short in a temple to Asmodeus. Now, I got a few issues with that just from just from like the sheer crazy of how it sounds but as I've said before it's collaborative storytelling the players dictate the pace and the direction of the story I'm just along for the ride and to make sure that there are plenty of bumps and side and, and side rails along the way but <laughs> it was like and then we got to talking about it. it's like you know maybe we could have gone this way with this it's like that's true but we didn't talk so moral of my whole bit is communication, communication, communication. Yes, I said it. Don't give me that look, right? And <laughs> the, the, uh, the importance of even though I your group that. has been together for years, oh, yeah. you should always have a rules, a session zero before you start a new adventure. Regardless of how long you've been playing or what adventure you start, because you never know. Uh, I can answer that question for you as if Rye has not played a game of D&D yet. However, he is going to play a game of D&D this weekend, Sunday night, because I'm having a moderator game for the studio channel. All of my moderators, Mayflower, Shadster, uh, Saladin, Shadowmains, and uh, one of my buddies uh, in the background, we are all doing a one-shot adventure. 
uh, in Rhyme of the Frostmate. In fact, uh, as a bonus, I'll tell you now, because you, you guys have hung out with me this long, I hope you stick around. When we finish Odds and Ends, which is next, after that for our post show, we're going to work on Rai's character because he has not built his character yet. So we're going to build it live on stream with you guys if you're going to stay and hang out. So, all the cool things, right? Oh yeah, going to have fun. You know, all the experience and you had the new guy here. How they going to Got call the new him? guy, he's got some starting on that. I'm, as a kind and charitable person I am, I, the campaign I set up has access to all of the source material. So he will have all of the things to pick from. <laughs> so we're going to work through uh, building the character and how I build characters, how I help people build characters. So this will be a dive into my mind as I try to help him because he's got some background with Lord of the Rings, which is great. But and then we're going to kind of see how we go from there. Yeah, that's where my nerdiness lies in. Lord of Rings and Lord of Rings Online. I played that for a long, long time. Now, I'm not going to commit to how that game will happen on Sunday. There's, I believe most everyone is good for one option or the other, but there will. So, let that be a treat uh, that comes up. It might be a streamed game. It might not. We will see. But it will be, I'm definitely going to record the session because it will be a Zoom call. And if everyone's on board, it will get released. So you guys can see this uh, one shot. That being said, let's talk about some odds and ends. Oddies and endies with a deep dive discussion. Because I know how to swim without a floaty. Alright, uh, as leading into odds and ends, we do have an actual news story we're going to discuss. I'm going to let Rye set this up and then we'll move into the rest of the odds and ends. I don't have a lot of screenshots for the stuff for the odds and ends this week. But I do have a story that because we talk films and entertainment and all of those things in this space, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things that have come up. As you, If you've been following us for the past several months with all of COVID, we've spent a lot of time talking about how the movie industry, specifically the movie theater industry, has been coping with all of COVID and the impact on how that is. We've recently had a few theatrical releases, uh, several other things. So... And now that we have some data and some articles to talk about, we're going to give our opinions on some of this stuff. All righty. Right. So, take it away. Everybody knows we're all living under the, the roof of this pandemic, this COVID-19, and it has caused havoc pretty much across the world and caused destabilization on what we call normal life. So now that we're a few months ahead and now people are trying to find that new normal. One of those places that we've talked about frequently is the movie theaters. Uh, how are movies going to handle it? How they're going to handle it reopening? How they're going to handle it going from theaters to streaming? Is stuff stuff going to evolve? So a couple articles came up about that we would like to talk about. One of them goes into a deep dive with the two big movies that actually tried two different routes in this COVID world, Tenet and Mulan. And... Now to set this up, both Tenet and Mulan were released roughly about the same time. Both of them have a similar budget of about $200 million. It would take a couple change, but close enough. Close enough to $200 million, $200 million budget. Um, both of them are released, and both of them, after being a in the, out for about a month now, 
had some actually very interesting, uh, there's interesting comparison contrast. Uh, you can find that article on ScreenRant.com. Um, looking for a tenant Mulan where they compare the movie stuff. Uh, so. I did uh, also pull up some numbers from Box Office Mojo to help with this article. Okay. Um, so basically the article for that's on ScreenRant uh, basically goes into uh, a big blockbuster being released within the restrictions and another blockbuster decided to go straight to uh, VOD. And in this case, Tenet went to the theaters and Mulan went to streaming service, specifically Disney Plus with the premium tag up uh, $29.99. And after a month, um, it actually has uh, forced a couple things. Um, Tenet, which has made up to this date worldwide 284 million which is you know a hefty good amount but uh, we're talking worldwide ticket sales yeah. now in comparison this is christopher nolan yeah the previous film he did the, the film he did uh last year pre-covid had an opening weekend of about 15 million dollars yeah tenant did not do nearly that well because this is COVID. Yeah, and with all the restrictions up until this point, they've only made a total domestically of 41 million um, in the states, and totaling on the first week, they said 20 million, but it's technically with the numbers nine million. Um, yeah. So that is kind of troubling, but it also has shaking the confidence of a lot of the movie studios, which has a. Uh, uh, used their trump card and moved a lot of the movies back um, now and, and keeping in mind also tenant was one of the first original films to be released since covid had gone out new mutants doesn't quite qualify because new mutants we've known about for a few years we were just waiting for when they would drop it. yeah tenant is the first is one of the first original films and i use that loosely original films to be released this uh, in this whole this year uh, especially in this whole covid uh scenario yeah and mulan on the other hand mulan instead of being released in theaters domestic uh, was put in as a video premium video on demand via the disney plus streaming service yeah and part of what they did is they took what they what was seen from when when uh, Universal put Trolls World Tour out and the amount of money it made comparatively, and decided you know let's back that you would get like twenty bucks for forty eight hours to watch the film. Disney thought, let me charge you thirty dollars for this film. You can watch it as much as you want through Disney Plus once you paid that on top of your Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. And so that was a little, little hard to swallow. And some of the initial numbers for how successful that was are a bit inflated because it doesn't take into account uh, certain factors like how many previously subscribed people there were to new subscriptions when they picked this up. So yeah, $30 is definitely a bit steep versus like 20 bucks. But even now it's like 20 bucks buys most films license so you can watch it whenever. This is, even though you're paying $30 to watch Mulan as much as you want, you don't actually get a license key to own nope. the film in your your particular digital library. So, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a tricky scenario, but it's one that Disney wanted. I, 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 yeah, 
you know experiment with because you know they have their own streaming platform why not see what happens and the the guesstimation is that um the you know any everything through the disney plus app they've made um about 63 to 92 millions and quote from forbes says that 93 would actually translate to 186 million if it was released in theaters domestically opening weekend so um, taking a look at this uh looking at how Tenet did in the box office and how Mulan did via the service. Neither one of these in a pre-COVID world would be considered a success. No. Uh, however, in this environment, because the theaters have been closed so much, it is a good barometer or a canary in the cold mine is the term I heard uh, referred to with Tenet in the fact that the movie is a little hard. The, the marketing wasn't that great in terms of really drilling down the story. Like, if you watch Inception, you know it's a heist movie involving dreams. You kind of get that. Tenant, you're really not sure going into it. And unfortunately, word of mouth is not as clear cut coming out for this film. Mulan, on the other hand, even in the Chinese box office, because uh, worldwide there was some releases in theaters, but in like the Chinese box office, Mulan is doing targeted to, kind of targeted for this to be respectful, respectful as opposed to, to the culture as opposed to the way the anime was. But Mulan is actually doing less than what Lion King did in the Chinese box office. Yes. So that kind of tells you this, these films are probably really good and, and on their own right and if they were released outside the pandemic they probably would have been fairly successful for both rights but we can see that because of these two a premium uh, video on demand and then a uh, theater theatrical release we're seeing that a number of theaters have decided to take take the uh, take this and push release dates back which moves us into a second article relating to this topic is taught is from comicbook.com talking about how theater owners are responding to the delay in like the marvel franchise stuff because the marvel movies take a big chunk of revenue because we're all goo goo and gaga for marvel movies black widow has been pushed all the way till next year which will be the which essentially means there has not been a Marvel movie in theater for almost two years when Black Widow comes out next May. Yep, and this will be the first time since 2009 that a Marvel movie hasn't been released in the calendar year for 2020. The comic book uh, article goes into how the the group of theaters known as NATO um, is actually applauding the move of these movies being pushed back. And just to summarize it in their quote, they're basically just like praising the gods of these. Uh, that's how it seems like, because basically the, what it is is that the big movies bring in the money, bring in the draw, and keeps these movies afloat. So the fact is that these theaters they're struggling to fill in uh, time and time slots and films between now and whenever the next big movie comes out, which is to this date, No Time to Die is still up on you know the big, biggest movie to come out between now and november so what it is is that the theater theaters chains 
in the movie, um, uh, movie, uh, the big movie blockbuster, the studios, they know that even though um, they want to, tr they're treading the waters with trying to find new avenues to put these movies out. Um, they need each other even more so once we get past the COVID. So there's going to be an evolution of sorts, which I keep beating the hammer, where it's going to be a blended. What's what's going to happen is that what you're seeing between these two articles is that the theater chains are going to be um, the powerhouse for the big blockbusters, and the smaller uh, smaller movies and indie films and stuff are going to start hitting the streaming because it seems more that the smaller movies are making more money through the VODs and just the way that Mulan uh, tried, it, it's not really making the money that it would have if it went full force into the theaters. Mulan was predicted to be the highest grossing movie of 2020, pre-COVID. So it, it does uh, highlight a lot of the stuff that's going on. And what's going to happen is that because these movies keep getting pushed back, it might close a lot more theaters. But, oh yeah, a lot of them don't have, some of them have revenue streams or loans and credit they could draw on, but facts are facts. It's like you're not, it, it's just not there. And the fact that we're pushing so many things, like one of the movies that I was really excited about watching was uh, Death on the Nile. That was supposed to come out here in October. It's been pushed back to December. Yes. So we still, and the worst part is we can't even predict what's going to happen in a month or two months or three months. We may not see any kind of any sense of normalcy uh, until well into well into 2021. So we're just going to keep limping along. The longer we do this, the more theaters are going to be struggling with it. Oh yeah. And, and I think part of the for the price point for Disney with this was if you comment in the chat, kind of puts the puts a puts a pretty good point on it. Sit there and add up what it costs to go to a movie theater for two people. Now think about that for a family of four, for a family-friendly film like, uh, like a cartoon movie like um, Onward or something like that. And think about if you do it versus Friday night versus Tuesday night. I mean, there's a lot of money going to the theater, going for a night out, and then they're trying to recoup that or some sense of that ticket price by put it, setting the price point for the premium video on demand where you can watch it at home with as many people as you can fit in your house. Not that I'm encouraging that because you know that's technically not supposed to be the way. <laughs> However, let's be real. Let's be real. So, strange. Strange, strange. But with, the, with, the, with what Tenet and Mulan is showing is that uh, neither side is going to be successful until everything's back to full house. No, I think that's. So, I think because Mulan did so badly, I think that is why Black Widow is not coming to BOD. It is staying going to be a theatrical release. It's just they're pushing it out to where they, all, where they're projecting it'll do something. But the the positive thing is that it's showing it's showing um, it's showing the importance of theaters and how the studios know they need the theaters to make the money on these big budgets. But at the same time, it might start to ring in these budgets on these movies. Because when you look at, you know, Tenet and Mulan were 200 plus, yeah. But one positive note is that with all these blockbusters moving in, it's opening room for all these indie films to hit the theaters. So this is true. Experiences, people. I got a few in line. Positive. Positivity, people. Positive. Oh, 
Alrighty, back in, uh, like I said, I don't have pictures for odds and ends, but I do have, we do have some odds and ends, uh, random internet stories we find out there to sit there and talk about and give our opinions on. Got a few, uh, the last couple kind of tie in together, but uh, the first two are kind of goofy and crazy. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's, let's go about this first one. All right. Picture this. You're an employee at Grand Central Station in New York. You work long, you work long and hard. Yeah. Very you sometimes long. you want to go to the break room and relax. Chill, grab a drink, chat. Well, a couple of guys thought it was they'd take that to a new level and actually built a man a man cave inside one of the many storerooms and whatnot underneath the tracks at Grand Central Station. Which sounds great until somebody sent an anonymous email pointing it out and they found this man cave. Now, it's been shut down and the three individuals that are linked to this have been suspended without pay and the investigation is recommending that they be terminated for what they did because it was an unauthorized use of space. It was interesting because they had rigged up cabinets to hide. They had a futon, they had workout equipment, a fridge, a microwave, all of this stuff kind of stored and stashed to where you could check this out. Um, but the big one of the bigger reasons it was shut down and this is this is where it's kind of funny to me is the fire marshal said that it was dangerous because it was un, it was an unaccounted for room yeah it wasn't which on the maps leads me to think it's like uh excuse me excuse me how do you not know where the room is on a map are you telling me that this century old building you have not been maintaining an accurate floor plan of what's where? How many Seriously? more rooms are there? How many more crevices? Maybe there's more man caves. Maybe they have a game room down there for esports. Who knows? I, the bad, I, I feel bad for the guys with everything going on. I think it's you know really kind of gutsy and clever to do that with a space for a break room and whatever. Maybe having the beer and having parties in there wasn't such a hot idea. And the fact that they camouflaged all the furniture so that if you weren't in the know, you would think it's just a storeroom. Yeah. But the fact that their records are not accurate enough to where they know where every room is and what every room is for, that is like, wow. Yeah, some people aren't doing their job. So it's it's uh, what, the, what these three individuals did is not only had party time, but it lifted up. The, the eye on how you know some of these buildings might not be completely mapped out. Yeah. But it's an interesting bit of urban architecture, urban archaeology, to try and find all these things. I mean, Grand Central Station's got a huge history. Yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's an iconic place in New York City. So I I I'm going to call that there's probably more hidden rooms somewhere that they don't even know. Icons in a community. Let's uh, let's go to the other side of the world to Japan. Let's go to Japan. Um, 
in we've talked about several of these really funky and wild and kind of geeky anime inspired theme parks a couple of times there was the evangelion one that's coming up there's the full walking gundam with a billboard sign uh, the mario land being built i mean all these crazy things well to add to that there's a museum dedicated to our favorite kaiju and they are in the process of building a life-size statue of Godzilla. Godzilla. That you can interact with. I think uh, one article was talking about how they're going to rig it where you can ride zip lines into Shino Godzilla's mouth. It's, it's great because it's just, it's just showcasing which I say all the time is the imagination and creativity and when you just have that imagination especially in the culture that is Japan who likes to be extravagant extravagant bombastic and just be out there they have Evan you know Evangelion statues they have a walking Gundam now it's like a, a, a life-size Godzilla why not why not you know um, as a comic book uh, you know, it's the Godzilla is uh, being presented in the Godzilla Museum. It just gives me another reason to want to go visit Japan. And the thing is that they picked the latest, they picked one of the scariest versions of Godzilla to be released in recent history. Yeah, the Shin Godzilla. It's a, a brand new take on the mythos. And just from the pictures on this web link, which I'll share to the chat, yes, it would scare kids away, but not this kid. But no, no, you, no, they won't scare him. You could ride a zipline right into its mouth. Why not? Why not? You know, ride into the veins of something deadly. All right. What would make it better is if, like, you ride the zipline and the mouth is actually closing. That, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, no. Who's down, no. Who's down to go to Japan? I'll no. pay for half the tickets. Who's going? No. 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 <gasps> yeah. Let's talk, te let's talk some tech. Techie, let's do techie. Let's do a tech talk. That's deep. Let's talk about how there's the thing called Google Stadia. There's the thing called Microsoft xCloud. xCloud. Now, let's talk about the Amazon Luna cloud gaming service that is set to release soon. This is a service that is, by Amazon's only own admission, is set to be a direct competitor to Google Stadia. It's going to be a monthly subscription. Uh, introductory subscription price is going to be $5.99, where you will get to stream and play games. They have a controller, which you can connect to your Amazon-enabled devices uh, to connect and play, and they found a way to tie this into Twitch. Yes. Whereas uh, has, it will feature integration of the Amazon-owned Twitch streaming platform. With Amazon announcing players will see Twitch streams for games in the service, and from Twitch, they'll be instantly able to start playing. Uh, they've also announced they're partnering with Ubisoft to get uh, release access to that when it comes out. And for the $5.99 that you pay for the introductory or whatever the final price is, you'll be able to do this on two devices simultaneously. Which... I think it's something that the others can't really claim, but wow. 
it is a it is an interesting concept. It is one that you know, if Google does it, why not Amazon? And Amazon is taking a slightly different route. I mean, they got the price tag, but they're going to offer you know various game channels to subscribe. So it's going to be like a hub channels for games, which I'm getting at. And you'll be able to play games at offered at 4K resolution at 60 frames per second. See how this goes. There's no word uh, yet on when the uh, introductory period will start or end or anything like that. But it's interesting because we talk about the console war in the sense that PlayStation and Microsoft, Microsoft is, and Microsoft's moving into this X Cloud. Yes. And Google Stadia has got their cloud thing. Steam was the first one out the gate with their cloud streaming thing, and now Amazon is jumping into the game. And I think this is going to be the new quote-unquote console war is it won't be a war of physical consoles in your house. It'll be a war of which streaming service you're going to play your games on. Yes. Especially, like you said, all of them are moving in that direction. Sony kind of uh, um, dancing the line between old and new. But most of the players are, are going towards that cloud-based gaming. Well, now I have another, now I have another beef. All right. What's the beef? The beef is, is our network, our internet infrastructure across the country is crap. There are areas where it's like, if this is how gaming is going to be, there are areas in this country that don't even have, that barely got off a dial-up, and here it is, 2020. Yes, it's just, it's insane. I mean, it's insane to know parts of this this country. It's it's like this side is just skyrocketing this way, and then there's still the infrastructure side, which is limping along on two broken legs and a missing foot, and it's still. And yet the entertainment's like, oh, stream, 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 stream. All this data, data, data. Oh, we got 5G now, which is all wireless and still slow as crap. <laughs> yeah, it, it just brings to light that, you know, there, there, there is, a, there is a, a conflict in what should be done in building the infrastructure to what people wanna, want to be done to be, so they can do all these services and all these great things. But then you have a fight on this side where they just don't want to invest in it. For whatever reason, they don't want to invest in it. But it's going to have to happen because if stuff is starting to move to the streaming, not only the games, we talk about like music, um, you have um, the, you know, watching and all this stuff. It's just with Luna coming out, it's just creating a, a new window of opportunity, but also, you know, putting a glaring eye on that infrastructure. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Alrighty. Well, Luna is what's going to start this conversation. Here is what is going to end the conversation for tonight, and before we move on to Rise Character, and that is Amazon announced their full line of Echo devices. I'm not going to say the other word because I've got one of those sitting on my desk, and I don't want her, don't want her getting it in on the conversation. Get in on it. <laughs> but they announced all of the new things. There are a couple of things on this list. It's like a couple interesting. Wow. Stuff. Because we know Amazon owns uh, Ring and Hero uh, and all of that. So, first thing is they've redesigned the Echo speaker. Yes. Instead of it being a cylinder, it is now a sphere. Uh, they did that because they could get a better speaker in there and some better and, and run a better processor chip in it. Yeah, they announced a Prime Day coming up too. So, if you're looking to get some of that, some of those Echo devices. Check out this list. 
Alright, so we have the, the, the echo speaker is going to be a, 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 a sphere. Also, the echo dots, the new generation of those are going to be spheres as well. And they'll have a little display, which will display the time. And you could actually tap on it uh, to like a like the old school snooze button from back in the day. How many people are going to break it the first time they put it as their alarm clock next to their bed? Just saying. <laughs> um, they announced uh, an Eero 6, which to move with the new Wi-Fi version or a new Wi-Fi uh, protocol and, and signal. And there's the Eero 6 and then the Eero 6 Pro. About 120, $130 to $230 for that. If you're not familiar with Eero, Eero is a way to extend your Wi-Fi to create kind of a mesh system around your house. It's really cool and really kind of efficient. Um, you just, you buy like a hub, you plug into your router, and then you take the satellite things and plug them into outlets at key points across your house to establish that, that mesh uh, to keep everything connected. I was having some connect, connection issues with kids going back to school and the wi certain Wi-Fi devices would drop off. So I upgraded all of my stuff through my ISP. I now have two extenders and a new router and everything seems to be running beautifully. And they recommended an additional extender because I got like 40 some odd things on my Wi-Fi any given month because all the people come over because People don't come over with one device. They've got at least two or three now. I mean, Ryan's got his phone, his watch, and his laptop. Three devices for the network. <laughs> I mean, so, just saying. And my, my daughter's friends, they all come over with their iPads. Like, Can we get on the network? Can we get on the network? <laughs> yeah, that's probably why my Zoom calls were, were being fidgety in my class. My brother and his million devices. It's it, bandwidth's a thing. I mean, you look at what's going on with the kids being a digital, doing the Zoom stuff. What do you mind to teach in the school system? We were talking about it. It's like residential's got crap internet in places. Most people outside of work, they don't have it, which is weird for us younger folk. But again, if you spend all your time at work, do you really need internet at home? I mean, if you've got your phone and it's got its, cell, its signal, I mean, why do I need to have home internet? Unless you're someone like me who streams and makes content and wants to interact with the world. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, do tell, do tell. <laughs> now we have a couple of items for our vehicles. Uh, we have the Ring Car Alarm, which plugs into the OBD port on your car and connects to your an app so where you can check uh, where your car is and add extra features to your car alarm uh, to check that out. They've also added the Ring Car Cam, which is a camera you can place inside your car where anytime somebody opens the door to get into the car, you can see who it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was kind of nice. I thought it was kind of cool, kind of interesting. Then there's Ring Car Connect, which again is a uh, well, if you've got one of the newer vehicles that got all the cameras around it to like your backup camera, your drive cam, your cam to watch the solar eclipse next so you hurt, don't hurt your eyes, whatever. You can now connect that to the ring system to where you could sit and look through the app and watch the uh, and, and watch all the way around your car as if you were sitting in it with it on. So really, we're getting there. And then I say that, but I think that they have a couple of other new devices for your home. 
<laughs> I'll save that. I'll save the. I'll save one of these for last. But I'll, I'll reorder this. It's like the uh, Echo Show. Uh, if you're not familiar, it was like basically an iPad glued to a speaker that you could put and uh, watch videos and do video conferencing and talk. That uh, got a redesign. It's basically it looks like they took the uh, the Apple HomePad and glued a screen to it, and that is what it looks like now. Uh, apparently, it's better acoustics for the speakers, and of course, you get your display. But the item that was announced on this list that I'm just like, wow, we have gone there. Yes, this one is the interesting one. This is the one where I was like, woohoo! This is the Ring Always Home Camp. What this is, is this is a drone you can buy, put in your house, and when you're away, it will fly around your house as a little security thing to check on your house. I mean, we've gone there. We have gone there. I mean, how many dystopian geeky things do we talk about where drones patrol around? Now we can buy a small drone like a like way back when Roombas were first introduced, you could have a Roomba cleaning your house. Now you can buy a small drone to fly about your house so you can watch and see if anything is anything has gone awry while you're not home. That's just uh, interesting, fun, cool, crazy, and scary at the same time. A drone <laughs> you can fly around your house, <laughs> checking you out. Yes, awry. <laughs> awry. Because that is a representation, a representation of Rai. It's yeah, all of those uh, in one. This article came from the wonderful folks over at IGN. Uh, I, check it out, IGN, Amazon, Fall, Echo, and Alexa Devices event where they talk about all those things. It's completely wild and crazy. And gotta love the world we live in, you know? Just gotta love it. All right. <laughs> oh yeah that would suck i'm wondering how smart it is because the, th the judging from the picture the thing has got to be like only about yay big yeah. enough for a little camera and some blades to kind of fly it around so i wonder how many service calls that'll be uh, i need to replace my ring always home cam why what happened to it um, there was an incident with the ceiling fan. <laughs> Great. We gotta revamp our instruction manual. Watch out for a ceiling fan. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. That being said, let's talk, let's talk about Rise Go. So, here's our official kind of, we're gonna transition again so we can work on Rise Character live on stream with you guys. This is the official end of the show, and now we're going to go into our post-show, and we're going to help Rai build a character for Sunday night's game. Yes, sir. The post-show. Building a character.